everyone has a story. What's yours? Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Amy. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things God does in the lives of ordinary people. Once a month, we'll be sitting down with a different woman each episode to talk about a turning point in their lives. A place where God did something big, something they'll want to tell their kids and their grandkids. Something, well, monumental. This month, we're talking to Jenna. Jenna is the wife of one of our pastors, Jody Killingsworth, who is the leader of the band My Soul Among Lions. And she's the mother of six children. But before all that, Jenna was a dancer. And today, she's going to share how in her dancing days, she turned to food instead of God for comfort. But we'll let her explain. I grew up first as a competitive swimmer. And so from the time I was seven or eight, we were, uh, my sister and I, we were swimming for like an hour and a half every day, all year round is the year round sport. Yeah, so, yeah. and when I was in eighth grade, no, sixth grade, oh goodness, I can't remember. I was 14, whatever, <laughs> whatever grade that is. I took a dance class at school, at my public school and um, really enjoyed it. And so I had some friends who at, encouraged me to come take like a ballet class at yeah. a real studio. And so that was my first introduction, which is super late yeah. for anybody to be starting dance. I just liked it so much that I completely quit swimming hmm. and Moved jumped over. into this, yeah, dancing three or four nights a week. Just yeah, dove dance, right in. So Dance studios. I have a friend that's a dancer and a teacher, but it's not you just take one ballet class and whatever. It's like if you're real committed, you <laughs> take intense. all the classes. Yeah, not if you're serious. If yeah. you're serious, you just I mean, take everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not just ballet. They want you to take everything else so you can... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I started, it was ballet, it was lyrical, it was jazz, it was modern, it was stretching classes, and then we came on every, almost every evening and on Saturday mornings too, so. Wow, so it wasn't just ballet, it was getting a whole mix of different kinds of dancing. education. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) my parents were supportive, you know, they just, they, they thought it was great that I was interested and involved in something and not getting into trouble. Was in part the eating a lot, like you were working really hard. Yeah. I mean, that mm-hmm. you were burning a ton of calories and building up a really big appetite from all the, you know, the work. Yeah, work. for sure. That was it. Yeah. I was just hungry. And, you know, my mom would pack me um, sometimes two lunches, like two bags. She pa- she packed my lunch all through high school. Which shows <laughs> <laughs> you, you what kind of she Jenna? was. Just a really sweet mom. Um, <laughs> she would put treats in there on holidays, and you know, oh, so sweet. I never packed my own lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but she, you know, she just wanted to see me eating. I'm sure she was concerned too with yeah. with you know knowing how dancers typically think of themselves that maybe I wouldn't eat. Yeah, but that was never opposite. Yeah, that was never my issue. And so did you you guys ever talk about that? No. Did they realize that this was, you know, an unhealthy thing that you were eating more than? Well, I don't think it was really unhealthy in high school. Okay. And so I think they just, you know, she gave me lots of food and they encouraged me to eat as much as I wanted because I was dancing all the time. And so well, she's eating a lot. She must need it. And she's not gaining a lot of weight. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't you know, super thin, like super skinny so that they would have been concerned that I wasn't eating enough. So I, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I was just pretty average, like eating what I needed to eat at that point, but it was a lot. And I, I think the point that I would make is that I never had to 
exercise self-control because I I was exercising so much that I could eat a lot. I could eat lots of desserts. I could eat lots of carbs, you know, whatever, not really watch what I ate. And so that's kind of what set me up for failure in college. Mm -hmm. But when you think of dancers, you think of super disciplined people. (laughs) Yeah, true. It's definitely true of me that I was willing to be disciplined in dance but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. working hard. I enjoyed sacrificing comfort, you know, going Family through time. the, you know, the bleeding yeah. feet, the, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. sore muscles, the exhaustion. But there was a certain pleasure in that, you know, yeah. because it was, I was gaining something and I could see the fruit of that, right? Yeah. you know, by getting better at it. And then, so I could be really disciplined in that, but there would be, you know, other areas where, you know, you feel you feel like, well, I have to let go somewhere. Right. As an end up, you know, if you're, if you're strict here, you're going to let go over here. Right. And kind of like you've earned the opportunity yeah, to exactly. let down. <laughs> I can exactly. let myself yep. have some extra mm-hmm. ice cream. I had a really close friend that told me, Amy, submission's not submission to your husband if you want to do it too. You know, like if you agree with it, then mm-hmm. that's not really like exercising submission. And, and it sounds like in this case, it's not really disciplined if you just yeah well I think it's like submission is submission but it's not it doesn't take faith right until you disagree with your husband Mm -hmm. discipline is discipline it doesn't take faith until it's something you know you have to do but you don't want to do right and then you have to exercise faith and do it anyway yeah and that Mm -hmm. is your bleeding feet would say it was discipline (laughs) yeah yeah lots of blisters lots of (laughs) Broken toes? Did you break toes? I didn't have broken toes, but I had I had injured, you know, tendons, and yeah. I had uh, broken shins, stress fractures in my shins in college, and that was a point when I was not eating enough oh. and taking um, point class for a couple hours, and uh, the stress on my mm-hmm. on my bones just caused them to um, get stress fractures, Correct. and that was a that was kind of a breaking point, hmm. yeah, <laughs> literally, you know, yeah. in my. <laughs> In my dancing trajectory, I went from studying ballet to studying modern at that point because ballet was too, you know, it just seemed like I couldn't Your sustain that. My body couldn't do that, yeah, anymore. So, but it was partly because I wasn't taking care of myself. So you said it was so. because you weren't you weren't eating enough. Mm-hmm. Was it because you didn't have your mom packing you two lunches every day? <laughs> and no. you were trying to take care of yourself and... That's good. <laughs> no, I was... Uh, At I this lived on, point, are you in college? This is this point, yeah. I'm in college. I lived on campus all four years. So I, okay. went to a, I went to a really small liberal arts Christian school that was wonderful. I loved it. It was Bellhaven College. Has a really strong dance program. They had at that time, I don't think they still do, but at that time they had basically an all-you-can-eat cafeteria nice. mm. um, for the people who lived on campus. So you could literally walk in, you just had to show your ID right. and eat as much as you wanted. So like, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, absolutely no limit on anything. Wow. And um, this, I mean, that's really unusual. Yeah, so normally yeah. you can get like a tray of food, you know, right, yeah, and you right. like check off your, you know, your, your, your card, meal, your right. meal plan or whatever. So this was really unhelpful to me. <laughs> they <laughs> I expected wish, people to get full and stop. <laughs> I can, yeah, expected people to be normal. So I wish <laughs> they had, you know, had like you can get a tray of food and that's it. But, you know, I could go in and I did. So they had like an ice cream section yeah. Yeah. and um, they had ice cream bowls that were that were small. Yeah. They were really small. <laughs> 
Yeah. So we would go, my friends and I, we would go get the cereal bowls, which were <laughs> really big, the biggest bowls they had there. <laughs> and we would come fill them with ice cream. And so there were times I can remember, you know, going back three or four times for a cereal bowl full of ice, ice cream, cream after I'd had dinner. <laughs> and I just, it was like, I just couldn't stop. And even with my friends around me, even with people, you know, you would think at some yeah, point, I was shame. Ask, did they notice? Like, well, were your girlfriends s- mad at you? Like, how can you eat that you. much? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's, it's weird. It's like this. I had friends who would do something similar, you know, like we would sort of like let each other off, yeah. you know, yeah. because we had similar struggles. You mm-hmm. know, we had dancers typically have food struggles. And so mm-hmm. if it was, you know, it wouldn't be like if we were about to go to class, it would be at the end of the day yeah. when we danced all day and, and we didn't have to put a leotard on anymore (laughs) (laughs) or on Friday night when we had the whole weekend off of classes and we didn't have to look in the mirror until Monday that we would, you know, kind of binge. Well, not kind of, but really, really, actually, really actually make ourselves sick. I would make myself sick um, eating too much food. So there were, there were people in my life that I disapproved like roommates or sweet mates, you know, friends that I had, Mm -hmm. but I think, You know, it's like when you have a friend that has an issue like that, that is, you can see it's there, but it's just so hard to say something, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and so I, I don't remember more than just a couple of times somebody saying something to me, like, I think you shouldn't have any more of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And at that point, I, that was really helpful. And I could be Mm -hmm. like, you're right. And now that you're saying something, I'm embarrassed and I'll stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so I did appreciate that, but it's pretty rare. So our dance classes would be in about an hour and a half typically, and we would have maybe like an hour and a half class. And then our days were pretty full, like from, I had 8 a.m. classes every day or every year for my whole college experience. <laughs> so we would have, we would start at eight and we would go till three or four, typically have a little break for dinner. And then we had rehearsals from six to eight. Wow. That and so there were like some academic classes interspersed we had to do, you know, your typical general ed, general classes. ed classes. Yeah. And um, but a lot of them were, you know, actual dance classes. And so if I had like an hour break or a 30 minute break, I would often like go for a jog. So I, (laughs) wow, and so it was just, yeah, it was like the, that was my purge would be Mm -hmm. to overexercise and just, then I could justify eating more, Mm -hmm. but then I felt guilty. So I would, I would be like, well, I have to go jogging Mm -hmm. again tomorrow. And yeah, that's the cycle. That's the cycle. Yeah. So this cycle, this was all college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it started, it really started freshman year. You know, I had been dancing a lot in high school. And then when you get to college, you're like, you're not the best. <laughs> so mm. actually my freshman year, I danced way less mm. than I had been in high school. So I had my normal, you know, my ballet class, my modern class, but I wasn't being picked to be in all the rehearsals. Right. Mm. And so, and I wasn't taking all of the classes yet. You're just kind of getting your feet wet, yeah. you know, as a freshman. And so that was kind of what started me on this, like I gained some weight, which to the average person would have you know, not looked like anything, but to me it was really devastating. And, and just to be in an, in a bigger environment, I had been at this little dance studio in high school. And so now I was really concerned Mm -hmm. with looking good, making my teachers, you know, think that I was serious, Yeah, working Mm -hmm. hard, um, wanting to be chosen for the roles in the dances and Mm -hmm. wanting to be 
moved so each semester you had the potential of being moved up to the next level right. of ballet or modern or point or whatever yeah. class it was and so if you did well enough you know then you could advance Move on. Yeah. and so all of that just brought the pressure yeah to look good to perform well sure. to this whole new level even though it was mm-hmm. a christian environment and they were not pushing body image at all they were really careful the yeah. teachers were very mm-hmm. you know positive and you know, they would tell you what you need to work on, but it wasn't like lose weight. You right. know, it was like right. technique and right. Yeah. So, but they—that's college. Like that's what you're there for. Exactly. It's also yeah. a heightened pressure of like, okay, this is my job. Yeah. So it was it was intense, and um, I was spiritually and emotionally unprepared. You mm-hmm. know, and thought that I I was proud and didn't want to be embarrassed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. didn't want people to know that I struggled. So I didn't talk to anyone about it. Nobody said anything to you. Nobody said anything you to me. So it's just sort of yeah. this, you know, monkey see, no, hear, no. You had mentioned that a time or two someone would say, maybe you shouldn't mm-hmm. eat that. And that would make you feel embarrassed or something. Is yeah. that what sort of started the hiding it? You said you got pretty skilled at hiding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would definitely, if I was going to eat overeat and I knew that it it would look really bad I would do it alone Mm -hmm. so you know I would um would you stash boxes from the cafeteria and take it back to your room yes I would (laughs) and or I would go I didn't have a car my first two years so I would have someone you know take me on a grocery run and I would get things to just kind of stash in my room and Mm -hmm. my roommate wasn't there that's when I would you know really indulge but there were other people that that I ate with too, you know, that mm. we, I mean, I did have a roommate that we would go sometimes out for an ice cream run and, you know, eat like a pint of ice cream mm-hmm. and you felt comfortable with, felt comfortable with. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. sort of like this. Almost sounds like drinking buddies. The <laughs> yeah. Ice cream buddies. Ice cream buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry. That's, I mean, in this case. No, it's, it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, eating to escape, eating to right. let go, to try and shake off, you know, the stress of mm-hmm. the week, um, trying to relax. So for you, uh, it it's food. If you narrowed down in on food is my, mm-hmm. is my addiction. My, my comfort, my, my comfort. the settings right. in, my savior. For other people, <laughs> exercises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I would. would I, you? I was kind of both, okay. you know. Like food was probably my comfort, and exercise maybe was my savior. <laughs> you know, food got me into trouble, and exercise got me out of it. Was it something you started fighting in college, or just becoming aware of the struggle? <laughs> yeah. Well, all through college, I would say I was fighting. Mm-hmm. I was trying to fight it. I knew that it was sinful to respond to life by by eating to to take things that were hard or you know whatever and to go to food as like my comfort my source of joy my you know source of it was your your go-to for fulfillment (laughs) right my fulfillment exactly it it was the thing that I looked forward to the most was eating and you know I would even sometimes set a timer like I'm not going to eat for three hours and then all I could think about was when that time would be up and I could eat again and so it was like even though I would say, you know, I, when I was in college, I would get up at 6 a.m. every morning. I had eight o'clock classes every day. I would get up at six and I would read my Bible for at least an hour. 
Mm-hmm. And I would write, I was a journaler, I would write, you know, and I was in the charismatic church at that point and really believed in dreams and prophecies and God speaking to me through those things. And I pray, I was in prayer a lot as well, you know, on those mornings. And so I was, I was a very spiritual person. I was very restrictive in my life. Like I didn't go out drinking. I didn't, I didn't even hang out with guys, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, I mean, I didn't have time. I was too busy dancing, but I didn't date anyone at all in college. And so I, I really was striving for holiness in, Mm. in every area of my life, but I had this one place where I was out of control. Yeah. And I did try and hide it, you know, because Mm -hmm. I was, I was on the outside, I was very Christian, very charismatic, very outspoken about my relationship with the Lord, my love for the Lord, um, his, my love for his word. And I knew his word because I would, was reading it every morning, you know, and really studying the scriptures. But I was not, I I went to church very faithfully. Um, I went to the same church, but did not become a member. I was not accountable really to any particular church body or any particular person. Mm Mm-hmm. So there also weren't really people looking out for you spiritually either. Right. And because I didn't want them to, because Mm -hmm. I had this one thing that I didn't want people to know about Mm me. And I I did want to project and let people know that I was serious about my faith. But there there was not a place where I really submitted to anyone. And that's just because I didn't want people. I didn't want an authority getting that close to me mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want them to see, mm-hmm. yeah, that I really had some struggles with sin. And it wasn't, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's not one of those really awful things that, you know, most people <laughs> would think of as like this horrible sin. But to me, I knew I was in bondage and could not mm-hmm. and didn't want to mm-hmm. be set free. I, you know, I did want to be set free, but Which I wasn't willing yeah. to be humble, to be humbled yeah. and broken. Yeah. I was willing to be broken before the Lord, but I was not willing to be broken before any other person mm. and confess in that way. Yeah, <laughs> because as a believer, you know God already knows. So in some ways <laughs> right. it's easy to be broken before the Lord because it's like, well, he does know about there it. So mm-hmm. yeah. we can talk to God about it. But we know we're truly broken when we're actually willing to confess it to someone else. Exactly. Probably, because then it's out there and somebody else has to deal with us on it. And mm-hmm. that's really humbling. Yeah, and the, I was willing for the Lord to speak to me, to, you know, himself, to speak to me through dreams, to right. speak to me, you know. But not through. But not through. I didn't want to hear it through another right. person. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, total pride and on, arrogance. On my terms. Exactly. And as if, you know, I was special enough to hear it straight from the Lord mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. didn't need to be spoken to by men. Or women. Something as ordinary as that. Right. Well, and I guess part of the lie of our sin and wanting to keep living in our sin is that, or the deceitfulness of it, I guess, is that we think before God, we can just deal with it before God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, mm-hmm. I know I've certainly had sins in my life where I've spent long periods of time just praying, just praying, oh, Lord, just take this sin away. Help me not mm-hmm. to, but not confessing it with anyone because it's just that. Or even wanting to deal with it. Lord, help me deal with this. Help me overcome this. Help me, mm-hmm. you know, but still putting it on, you know, on my terms yeah. on what I want, mm-hmm. how I want to deal with it and how, Yeah. you know, I thought if I just confess my sin to anyone, even if I just talk about it with a friend, you know, then surely that's enough, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it wasn't. I can look back now that I am 
and see that what was missing in my life was submission to a church, to real authority that came from the Lord. When did you make that connection? I don't think I made that connection until years after I had been married. It hadn't really occurred to me. You know, it it had just been sort of once I got married, things started changing in my heart, in my life. And um, so then I guess that takes us to the part of the story then when you met Jody, met your husband, got married. And did you hide this sin from him for a while? Or is it something he knew about? Is it something you had talked about before you got married? Or Yeah, so I don't think... I don't think I really talked to him about it when we were, so we didn't really know each other that well (laughs) when we got married. (laughs) Um, This is not what I would recommend. Yeah. Right, right. (laughs) So Jody and I met in Russia on a tour. He was playing the violin and I was dancing and it was was actually with a Christian organization. So we, you know, had this sort of romantic you know, mountaintop experience in Europe. We're doing these performances surrounded by other Christians who, you know, just it was a pretty safe environment. So we got to know each other those two weeks and then kind of went our separate ways and ended up staying in touch. And um, he came to Indiana and started going to Claire Note, which was back then Church of the Good Shepherd. And I went to Tennessee to dance with a company that was starting up and kind of follow my dream. Did you, had you graduated? You'd graduated. I graduated. So so yeah, this happened the summer after I graduated that I met him. And, and so he, you know, neither of us at that point were really spiritually um, strong. He, you know, I went to church, but didn't want to be committed um, or under authority. And he didn't either. And so I was over here and I was very open about my faith but was also pretty feminist. So when I thought about being in a relationship, it was, you know, I was very egalitarian and thought that that was normal. And thankfully, praise the Lord, God led Jody here and he started learning about submission and very tenderly, very lovingly, you know, I was falling in love with him. So I was willing to listen to him and I don't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to listen to other people that would have said the same things to me. Yeah. And so that was a kindness of God, yeah. you know, that yeah. he he taught me through mm. this man that I was in love with and was willing to listen to him. And, and, and it made sense. You know, it was like for the first time I was like, well, actually, I've never questioned this or that thing that I believe. Right. And now that you mention it, the Bible does say that. And mm-hmm. so by the time... Um, He asked me to marry him, which we met in July, and he asked me to marry him in November. (laughs) You met in July? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's five months, people. Five months. That's five months. (laughs) So, but I had committed to teach. I was teaching dance, and I had committed to teach through the end of the school year, which was May. And so I, you know, couldn't leave. So we scheduled our wedding for August, so about a year after we had met. So all of that time then that we were engaged, we, you know, I, I was learning. I, you know, I was coming up here to visit Jody and to meet people. And, and so I would stay with people from the church. So anyway, the Lord had been working to really just soften my heart yeah. to his word and to show me how prideful I had been and that I thought I could be an independent, you know, Lone Ranger Christian and that that was not how God designed his people to be. 
and that I um, that it was important, that it was necessary for my faith. So I moved here in May, and our wedding was scheduled for August. And there were all kinds of people telling me, if this doesn't work out, you just walk away. You know, like, because everybody knew, yeah, yeah, we didn't know each other that well. But when we came here, or when I came here, you know, there was so many people that were involved in getting to know me and counseling and mm-hmm. um, that it felt like a safe thing to do. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, apart from the grace of God, it would not have been a good idea because <laughs> <laughs> we were both kind of a mess. But God had really worked um, through this church to bring us mm-hmm. both to a point where we were willing to learn and to submit and mm-hmm. to grow. And so at that point is when my struggle with sin started to change. So you had asked if Jody knew yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't think he really did. Okay. I don't think I had been brave enough to this guy that I don't, you know, I'm meeting and, you know, we love each other and yeah. nobody wants um, to throw out. So let your... me just tell you this really awful thing about myself, you know, that, yeah. um, well, did it ease up? Did some of the pressure ease up or did, did it become at all easier now that you weren't in college and yeah. So what happened when I moved here is that I looked everywhere for a place to dance and, and I couldn't find one except for this little studio that that was sort of just like a do it for fun kind of a studio. Mm-hmm. There is a dance program at the college, but I don't have a master's degree. Right. And I needed a real job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I got a desk job and I I couldn't dance. Basically, it was just wasn't an option. Um, other than I taught a couple of little classes in the evening to kids. Mm-hmm. And so what happened simultaneously is I I promised and committed myself to submission, both to the church and to my husband. Along with that decision, I gave up the thing that I valued most, which was dancing. And it was it was one of the most painful things I had ever done because dancing was m- was my so whole life. Much of your life. Yeah, yeah. and I it. loved it. I loved everything about it. I I wanted to dance all the time. And yeah. and so and you did. And in I college. did in college. <laughs> yeah. The real world is a little different. <laughs> um and so I I had a it was a really joyful time because I was married and you know, we had a, a happy marriage, but it was hard also because I had given up my my idol. But I do still struggle with turning to food for comfort. It's still definitely yeah. the thing that I first turn to. And it's, you know, typically not healthy foods <laughs> that you turn what? to. It's chocolate, it's cookies, it's, you know, dessert, basically. And so I, but being married and having children is is very helpful. It's a helpful discipline. Mm-hmm. So when my kids were little, I could kind of, eat when they were napping like if I was going to have like a treat that I didn't want them to really see (laughs) now that my kids are older they see everything they know (laughs) they know it's in the cupboard yeah and I am very can I have a daughter that's like me who's kind of impulsive who doesn't have a lot of self-control with food and I am very aware of my example and that has been a discipline that I know the Lord has put in my life because when we make cookies and I'm like, I could eat all this cookie dough right here. She's right beside me. And she's like, me too. I could eat all of <laughs> and it. And I'm like, re- you know, and I just realized I have to discipline myself so that I don't lead my daughter into sin. And that has been probably one of the, the greatest gifts mm-hmm. that God's given me in terms of being able to control my appetite and 
look to food for comfort is that I have the responsibility and the weight of of my children and that if I lead them into sin, I know what a horrible, a horrible thing that is and how God warns so sternly against leading little ones mm-hmm. into sin. And so that is a gift that I don't appreciate in the moment always <laughs> because, because I want, that you know, cookie that cookie dough. <laughs> but I am very thankful. Monumental is hosted by Katie Walker and Amy Molina. It's produced and edited by Katie Walker, and it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Mensel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles and other podcasts, please visit warhornmedia.com.